everyone. I have a really good one for you today, and we're going to be talking about something that makes absolutely no sense, at least no sense unless you know uh, what the Bible says. Listen, before we go there, just a couple of quick things. Hey, I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to download the app. Uh, the app is absolutely free. We have all of our content on the app. Some things you don't get everywhere else, but on the app or on the website, we have everything. So just go to Hope for Our Times, the app store, you can get it there. Uh, on the website too, hopeforourtimes.com. But everything is there from the Bible to updated news uh, to all of the videos that we do, full content, unedited on everything. Uh, so listen, make sure that you uh, check that out. And again, absolutely free. I encourage you to download it if you haven't done it already. We have an Israel trip also coming up in May. Uh, that trip is full. If you want to get on the wait list for one of our other upcoming tours, uh, go ahead and uh, go to the website or on the app. You go to uh, contact us and you have an opportunity to uh, go to the events and contact us through that. And uh, we'll get you on the wait list. Just ask, say you want to be on the wait list and we'll take care of it for you. And then finally, I will be with Jan Markell and Mark Henry coming up Thursday, March 16th in Minnesota, I hope that you can join me there. Okay, let's get going with what makes no sense. So think of this. On May 14, 1948, Israel declared its independence. President Harry Truman, against the advice of the State Department, immediately and officially recognized its independence, followed by most of the world. As the Bible prophesied, a nation was born in a day I actually believe that's going to be fulfilled in its entirety uh, coming during uh, the millennial kingdom when Jesus comes back. But nevertheless, as we look at the birth of the nation of Israel in 1948, it was a miracle for the ages, and God said he would do it, and he did. There are no precedents. No other nation has been exiled from its homeland and forcibly dispersed around the world, yet remained a distinct people. No other nation that disappeared for 2,000 years has been suddenly reborn, let alone a nation made up of the most hated of peoples. Anti-Semitism permeated the world of the 1940s. The Nazis had just tried their final solution of the Jewish question, which was to murder them all. Uh, the immediate aftermath of the Holocaust may have been the only moment in world history when a majority of nations would vote for the formation of an independent Jewish state. But that's exactly what the UN General Assembly did. It was a miracle like none other. The Old Testament often reminds Israel of God's special relationship with that nation by identifying God as the one who delivered them from the land of Egypt. It's a reminder of God's miracle working power on their behalf. The exodus from Egypt featured a series of jaw-dropping miracles. Uh, think about it, uh, the burning bush, the plagues, the Passover, uh, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, uh, the Red Sea parting. But God told the prophet Jeremiah, those events surrounding the exodus from Egypt will not always be the great reminder of God's miracles on Israel's behalf. Check this out. Think of this. Jeremiah chapter 16, beginning of verse 14, says this. Behold, think of this. The days are coming, says the Lord, 
that it shall no more be said, the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But, this is what Jeremiah says, the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back into their land which I gave to their fathers. Uh, folks, that is amazing. God says the miracle of drawing Israel out of the nations and back into its promised homeland, get this, supersedes even the miracles of the exodus from Egypt, including the parting of the Red Sea. To me, that is absolutely astounding. God says it. He says, this is the biggest deal of all. This is truly amazing. Listen, Christians uh, should have been on their feet applauding. Before their eyes, God showed his unlimited power and he fulfilled promises no one thought possible. But sadly and unreasonably, most of Christendom refused to see the hand of God in these massive events, even though it had all been laid out in the Bible. The Christian rejection of Israel boils down to three things, two doctrinal issues and one ancient prejudice. The first doctrinal issue is their belief that biblical Israel no longer exists. They believe God broke his word to the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by utterly destroying the nation of Israel and transferring its promises to the church. Listen, I have email after email that people send to me, comment after comment. You guys can read them in the comments on videos. Even a video like this one saying that God is done with Israel. Listen, I don't have time here to go into the detail on why they think God would do such an abominable thing or give all the reasons we know they are wrong. Uh, but I will say this, according to Numbers chapter 23, God is not a man that he should lie. First Samuel chapter 15 says that he will not lie. Titus chapter one verse two says God cannot lie. That's not a restriction on his omnipotence, but an expression of it. Truth is his nature. Uh, that's who he is. Jesus, God the Son, said in John chapter 14, I am the truth. He said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Do not call God a liar. He is not a liar. He cannot lie. Other Christians reject the miracle of Israel because they don't think present Israel qualifies to receive the miracle. They point to scriptures about the millennium, pictures of regathered Israel that will be living for God and redeemed in Christ. Listen, I live in a place that is surrounded by beautiful mountains. A friend of mine was recently driving along watching two ultralight aircraft. One of the ultralights appeared to be crashing. It flew into what looked like a small mountain and then it disappeared. But a few moments later, it reappeared on the other side of the mountain as though it had flown right through it. As my friend got closer, he realized that the mountain was actually two mountains. Uh, the tiny craft had simply flown between the two and come out on the other side. Uh, two mountains in the distance can easily seem like one. Prophecies about the Messiah spoke of a conquering king and also of a dying savior. Before Jesus, no one could figure it out. 
They didn't realize that they were looking at two mountains in the distance, a first coming of the Messiah and the second. It's the same principle here. Some prophecies about a regathered Israel also speak of Israel being made spiritually whole. But a close look at Scripture shows that Israel will be gathered, regathered, I should say, in the promised land before it becomes spiritually whole. Think on this. In Ezekiel chapter 36, beginning in verse 22, the prophet said, Thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake. Think back to the time God made the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to his descendants. For what? Forever is what the Bible teaches. Verses 24 and 25 of Ezekiel 36 say, I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all countries, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. First, God gathers them. Then, listen, then he cleans them. At the time they return, they are still, excuse me, at the time they return, they are still spiritually dead. God illustrates this in the next chapter of Ezekiel, chapter 37. And there we find the famous valley of dry bones. The bones represent an unrepentant, spiritually dead Israel scattered on the earth. God tells Ezekiel that the bones are the house of Israel. And in verse 8 of Ezekiel 37, the Bible says, The sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. So here they are. Human cadavers lying in the desert, still as dead as when they were merely a pile of bones. But they have been gathered. Uh, the parts are all there. Uh, they have human form, but they need more than form. They need life. And that comes from the breath of God. They assembled while still spiritually dead. Israel will gather together while spiritually dead. First comes the return, and then uh, the, first comes the return to the promised land, and then sometime after, they have been reassembled. God will bring them alive spiritually. Again, sometime after they've been reassembled, God's going to breathe into them, and they will be alive spiritually. Think on this. Romans chapter 11 addresses these issues. Verse 1 asks, has God cast away his people, meaning Israel? The context leaves no doubt that it is talking about physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then it answers the question, certainly not, with an exclamation mark. God has not cast away his people. Verses 25 and 26 of Romans chapter 11 say that after the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, all Israel will be saved. So we have a picture of Israel being dispersed around the world. God drawing them back together and then giving them a spiritual rebirth. This is the work of God. It is not the work of man. Israel does not suddenly become righteous and therefore go back to the land. But while they were yet sinners, God brings the regathering process. Listen, this only scratches the surface on what makes this miracle so astounding, including the part we see happening before us now the regathering of the nation of Israel from all over the world. Think on this. 
God's word is being fulfilled exactly as the Bible says. You can trust his word. God cannot lie. Listen, be encouraged. Everything's happening just like the Bible says. Listen, when you see these things begin to take place, look up and lift up your head with joy because your redemption draws near. And the number one thing that we know is this. When it comes to God's word and the nation of Israel, all of the events of the last days don't have a placeholder for any generation except the generation that sees all of these things developing while Israel is gathered back into the land. And guess what? Jesus is coming, and Israel will be restored exactly as the Bible says, and Jesus is going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.